Hello everyone, welcome to Holy Half Hour. I'm your host, Kieran. And I'm your other host, Michael. How are you, Kieran? I'm good, thanks, Michael. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. I had yeah? some difficulty coming up with a game for this week. Um, so I was looking at etymology of different words to see if any of them had like a really, like a normal word that we use today had a really unusual biblical etymology, like meaning. Mm. So I thought that okay. was going to be a rich vein, but it wasn't. Although <laughs> I did find out that enthusiasm uh, has a biblical origin, which is quite cool. Okay. So uh, it comes from en theos, as in having, uh, being in God or from God, uh, and it came from being divinely inspired or possessed by God. Um, so nice. enthusiasm, there you go. So if you uh, need some enthusiasm, Kieran, just pray. Just pray for this episode. You'll be sorted. <laughs> then I was also looking, um, I was thinking, do you know what? Where do churches buy their stuff? Like, have you ever just wondered mm-hmm. where churches buy their stuff, Kieran? What, you mean like communion cups and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Churchy things. Churchy things. So I yeah. was I was Googling that and I went to fadumont.co.uk and I was going to come right. up with a bunch of unusual uh, church things you can buy and see if you could guess how much they were. But uh, again, I decided okay. that was just a bit rubbish. But you right. can buy a solid oak pulpit uh, and put one in your house, gear, and if you want to. Any guesses as okay. to how much that might cost you? A solid oak pulpit? Yeah. You just want to preach to your uh, to your neighbours, put, it, in, put it, neighbors. attach it to the side of your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it on the balcony. Yeah. Uh, how much? A, how a much few would you pay for pounds? You uh, paid two hundred pounds. Did you yeah. say two hundred pounds? A few, a few, a few hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two, um, Twenty quid. They're not going to make much money at that rate, are they? How much would you pay for a solid oak pulpit? <laughs> Twenty quid. Um, no, it's uh, <laughs> six thousand eight hundred pounds for, uh, oh, for a solid well. oak pulpit, Kieran. If you're in the mm. market. Man, did you type in, when you were looking for church supplies, did you type in bad coffee or <laughs> weak juice, weak, weak diluting weak juice? Weak juice. Oh, it man, comes, it, that was never the problem for us. Was it always strong juice? Oh, yeah. Like I think they maybe they forgot to put water in the cordial. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. So it's like instant diabetes sometimes in church. You have something that's like... <laughs> like no wonder yeah, the kids yeah. can't sit in the seats, you know, they run around. And juice is yeah, 90% sugar. <laughs> it comes it comes ready mixed. You get bottles of weak juice and you get <laughs> bottles of super strong. Yeah, absolutely. N- ne'er the twain shall meet. Mm, mm. But my church now, certainly. Well, my previous church as well. Uh, both churches had good coffee. So mm. they've certainly, I think churches are uh, certainly doing way better on these things nowadays, aren't they? There's the old, I'm sort of playing into the old stereotype oh, of churches being having an old terrible stereotype there, Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I don't drink but, coffee, uh, so I have no idea if uh, the coffee in our mm. church is good or bad. But I like to think it's good, but it might be terrible. <laughs> I have no idea. Next time I'm there, I'll have a cup and I'll mm. tell you. Yeah, let me know. Although we're not doing coffee at the moment because of COVID-19. So uh, oh, of course, I yeah. have to come some other time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a fantastic show lined up for you folks. Our usual mix of games and general uh, fun, fun, fun thingies. <laughs> general fun, well, fun, fun. General goodbye. <laughs> I'm just about to bail there. I've run out of things to say. Oh. Run out the door. 
Well, Kieran, as I said, I had some difficulties coming up with a game for this episode, so I returned to the old reliable Anglican hymns, old and new. The other good book. The other, the other good book. You come in the church, you receive your pew Bible and your hymnary, <laughs> and you sit down on your pew. Hey, that's my pew. Don't you know that's Hear my you. pew? Hear you. You're in my pew. <laughs> No, um, I had to look these out. We don't tend to use these so much anymore. However, what I have done, Kieran, is I have picked some hymns from this uh, from this book, and you have to tell me mm-hmm. whether it is real or not. Um, now, good stuff. As far as I'm aware, the ones that are not real, I made up. However, if they're in some other hymnary, the the point is they're not in this one. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, that's it, really. Is it real? Is it not real? If you are correct, Kieran, you will hear this noise. If you are incorrect, you will hear others' noise. There's <laughs> <laughs> an extra long one for you. Nice. Here we go. Oh, and one other thing to say is that this... Now, this is not all hymns. Some it's some some songs are in it. I think there's some okay. kids' songs in it potentially. Um, so it's mm. not all just straight up old school hymns. It's kind of like just a songbook, really. One other important thing to say, Kieran, is that in these games where it's going to be, is this a real thing or a fake thing? I'm actually going to be doing six questions from now on because I feel like five kind of makes it a bit more difficult. I don't feel like as free to like lie a bunch of times or tell loads of truths <laughs> or make lots of stuff up. So I just feel like six is going to really let me let me spread my wings and fly, you know? So just to let you know, okay. there's going to be six questions in this quiz. Nice. Well, I, I release you to do that. I appreciate it. Go Thank forth. Let's, lay, let's all lay hands on Michael, everybody. <laughs> and we'll release him. Yeah, if you could really expansion if you of could his anoint ministry. me into the ministry of uh, of six questions, six questions. quizzes, <laughs> that'd be great. The, mini- the ministry of six questions—that's really good. <laughs> this is really some kind of shadowy organization. <laughs> well, if you run out of things to do during lockdown, you can start the ministry of six questions. Here we go. Here's number one: hands that have been handling. <laughs> hands that, that have been handling is that all the information i get about this hymn <laughs> yep that's it the name of the hymn okay oh no also it's, it's fair to say that all of these names are also the first line of said song right so there's your other hands, information hands that have been handling yep hands that have been handling <laughs> What would these hands have been handling in a church hymn? <laughs> uh, stolen goods. <laughs> stolen goods, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's like, uh, is this a hymn from the perspective of the money changers in the temple or something? <laughs> yeah. Some very, very oddly specific vantage point. Yeah, absolutely. From which to view the life of Jesus. I wonder if it's that sort of angle. Could be. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's real. All right. Well, our sound effects department says, mm. "Hey, this one is real." Now, shall I, uh, shall I find it for you, Kieran? Yes, please. I would love to hear hands that have been handling. Well, obviously, I'd like, this doesn't I'd like to have know. the uh, doesn't have the the chords or the music in it, so 
Mm. It says... So, Hands That Have Been Handling, from Adam Fox, 1883 to 1977. That's, imp- that's an impressive amount of time to live. In his 90s, yeah. Um, good work, Adam Fox. Um, based on the liturgy of Malabar, Hands That Have Been Handling, Holy Things and High, Still Lord in Thy Service, Bless and Fortify. Ears which heard the message of the words of life, keep thou closed and guarded from the noise of strife. And then five more verses. Okay. Here's number two. You ready? Yes. Jehoshaphat walked in the ways of his father. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what are you laughing for? That's very irreverent of you to laugh at the uh, the names of the <laughs> of the this hymns you made up. <laughs> what do you mean I made it up? How dare you? Are you saying that I made this one up, Kieran? Well, no, this could so totally be real. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really impossible to know, but it is also <laughs> the kind of thing you, Michael, would make up. You think? Um, yeah, yeah. Jehoshaphat walked in the way of his father. Now, what I don't remember is—is is that a good thing or a bad thing? What was Jehoshaphat's father like? <laughs> uh, I don't know, listeners. If you know who Jehoshaphat's or... father was, then uh, answers yeah. on a postcard. Hmm. Mm. Well, do you know? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna try not to overthink it in terms mm-hmm. of game theory. I'm. I'm gonna go with real. All right. I feel like this could be real. Here is your answer. Oh, <laughs> I did make this one up in your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he was the son of Asa, Kieran, just so you know. Son of Asa. He was a, oh, okay. he was a king of Judah. Um, so, mm-hmm. yes, in your face. I mean, uh, unlucky, unlucky. <laughs> okay, here is <laughs> the next one, Kieran. Draw nigh and take the body. Draw nigh and take the body. <laughs> this is the uh, this is the grave robbers in him, Kieran. Yeah, yeah, totally. I was thinking maybe yeah, the mafia or something. <laughs> Draw nigh and give the body concrete shoes. <laughs> um, Draw nigh and take the body. I think you made this up. Yeah, think I made this one up. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're locking in on that one. Here comes the sound effects department. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Kieran. This one's real as well. Well, at least there are still nine more questions for me to get it right. <laughs> uh, that is not. I've not been anointed into the ten question uh, quiz, <laughs> Kieran. I'm afraid. So, so draw nigh and take the body. I don't know. I don't know if I should tell you uh, information about all of the songs, but let's uh, see. It's a communion, communion, I can never say that word. It's a communion song, I'm guessing. That could be a real problem if you ever want to be uh, ordained, Kieran. I know. You don't learn how to say communion. So this is, uh, wow, this is uh, apparently written by Bangor Antiphoner, circa 690. That's an incredible name. 690. Yeah. What's his name again? His or her name? Banger Antiphoner. Banger Antiphoner. Or Antiphoner. I don't know. Antiphoner. Wow. That's great. But translated by John Mason Neal in 1818. Draw an eye and take the body of the Lord and drink the holy blood for you outpoured. 
Saved by that body and that holy blood, with souls refreshed, we render thanks to God. So you're right. It mm. probably is for uh, for communion times. Mm. Well, two wrong, one right, and here's number four. The world is full of smelly feet. <laughs> what do you think, Kieran? Is the, is the world full of smelly feet, Kieran, in your experience? Well, that's rather rather childish and rather tasteless. <laughs> so it's absolutely in the children's section of a of a church hymnary. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's real. All right, let's see. Hey, you are correct, sir. You know, I was look I saw so what I did with this quiz is I looked through the index to look at all the funny names and then I went to look at the actual mm-hmm. uh songs themselves and I'm not sure if this is a kid's song, you know? Right, okay. I mean it might be. I mean it has to be, doesn't it? The world is full of okay, so it was written in nineteen forty six. Uh, by Michael mm-hmm. Forster. The world is mm-hmm. full of smelly feet, weary from the dusty street. The world is full of smelly feet. We'll wash them for each other. Oh, no, it definitely is a kid's song. Jesus said to his disciples, wash those weary toes. Do it in a cheerful fashion. Never hold your nose. Yeah, so that's a, that's a kid's song. It's quite cute, though. But well <laughs> Never done, Never hold Karen. your nose. <laughs> Can't promise. <laughs> no promises. All right, two and two. Here's number five. Remember, there's six questions in this quiz, Kieran. Ooh. <laughs> Manna and quail the Lord provideth. Manna and Manna quail. Manna and quail the Lord provideth. <laughs> That's how, how I did imagine you know it, how it goes? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in 1762. Uh, I, me and Keanu Reeves wrote that one together. Oh, yeah? 400 years ago. That's a little reference to the popular internet theory that Keanu Reeves is immortal, ladies and gentlemen. But oh, really? we won't get sidetracked into that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of my favorite internet meme things is that people think that Keanu Reeves is immortal. Right. Because he looks like Charlemagne. <laughs> ah, I've never heard this. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hours of fun to be had reading up on that, my friends. <laughs> but anyway... Right. Be careful with your searches, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Anyway. Man and quail the Lord provideth, Kieran. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's real. You think it's real? You've uh, this is uh, you've got me, Michael. You've this is one of yours. You've got <laughs> me. That's very clever. Made that one up. Well, secretly I knew it was yours, so I'm still right. Yeah, yeah. You always do that. You can't hedge like Deep that, down. <laughs> Deep down, I knew. <laughs> All right, here is number six. Moses, I know you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> Very much looking forward to hearing the rest of that line. Um, the man who can, the man who can deliver us, rescue us from Egypt. I'm watch a co- copyright strike. <laughs> Deliver us. Um, I'm going to say you made this up too. Yeah? Yeah. All right, let's have a look. Moses, you the man. Mm-mm. Oh, oh Kieran, me. you've not done goodness very well me. at all today. My reputation is in tatters. <laughs> well, it already was, but uh, it's not any better now. Your tattered reputation is even more tattery. Um <laughs> 
Moses, I know you're the man, the Lord said. You're going to work out my plan, the Lord said. Lead all the Israelites out of slavery, and I shall make them a wandering race, call the people of God. Estelle White, 1925. Mm. So there you go. That was a real one, too. That sounds like, you know when people do that thing uh, of like... Go to Egypt, they said. You'll have fun, they said. <laughs> yeah. It's, it reads it, in my head, it goes a bit like that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Deliver God's people out of Egypt, they said. It'll be the most fun you've ever wrong, had, they said. They said. <laughs> You'll go to the promised well, land, my... they said. And here I am, not even <laughs> yeah. going to get into the promised land. My uh, yeah. brother Aaron, who's older than me, is going <laughs> to get into the promised land, and I'm not. Yeah. I don't know. They yeah. never, both of them didn't, did they? It was their son that got in. Right, right. Yeah. I'm confused with my biblical knowledge here. Well, Michael, instead of an unlikely worship song this week, I have for you a sort of musical quiz. <laughs> now, you, you'll, you know, and long-time listeners will know, that I enjoy making ridiculous noises on this show. Mm, and often a- animal sounds of various kinds. Um, so what I have for you here, Michael, it's a very, it's a very short quiz. I mm. wanted to keep it punchy. Three questions, mm-hmm. and they, these are the sounds of creatures from the Bible. Okay. Ooh. Uh, now I will say that they probably play pretty loosely with the description of these cre- creatures as they appear in Scripture. Mm. Uh, they cross over probably into all kinds of weird pop culture references and stuff. Uh, so, but broadly, <laughs> you're going to hear less. <laughs> you're going to hear three. You're going to hear three creatures make a sound, and you just have to tell me what you think they are. All right. Well, let's do it. Here comes number one. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> what do you think that is? Once again, Kieran, you provide us with a fresh slice of nightmare fuel. Um, <laughs> what do I think that is? I feel that's my primary contribution to this show. <laughs> well, it's a little child giggling by the sounds of it and some harpage. And usually a harp indicates angel. And uh, I think, gosh, I don't even know if cherubim are even mentioned in the Bible. I know seraphim are, but they're like in revelation with eight pairs of wings, some covering their eyes mm. and some covering their feet and some flying with and all kinds of crazy. So mm. I'm going to guess that if cherubim are in the Bible, that's your impression of them. So well, I'm, I'm going to go with cherubim. I, I'm almost certain that they do get a mention, cherubim, uh, okay. along with seraphim at some mm-hmm. point. Um, and you're absolutely right. It was hey. my impression of a cherub, a cherubim. I'm gonna but, ding. I'm gonna ding the yeah. bell for myself. Please Woo-hoo! do. But as as you can probably tell, more of a sort of pop culture depiction of a, <laughs> of what a cherubim might be like. Probably nothing well, like the seemingly quite frightening beings that uh, <laughs> are, are say, described in in scripture. Some would say I've got a much better chance of getting it right if it's a pop culture reference than if it's a biblical <laughs> reference, Kieran. So, so don't worry. Okay. How about number two then? Let's see if you can get this stumper. All right, here comes number two. Okay, I'm going to have to listen to that one again. Um, 
gosh. Uh, it's like, don't know, really. That's a difficult one. It's very short. Um, what do I think that was? Um, it was kind of bird-like, but then it could also be like aquatic because it has that kind of echolocation almost feel to it. Um, mm. So because I don't know, I'm going to guess that I know that Leviathan sometimes gets translated as whale, and I was kind of whale-ish, although much more high-pitched than I would associate with a whale. I'm going to guess that's your impression of a Leviathan or Leviathan, Kieran. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you that, Michael, because you did say equate it with a whale and say that they're Uh effectively synonymous, which I think they are. My intention was, well, just whale. As in, I was thinking of, yeah, people often think of Jonah being swallowed by a whale, although it does describe Mm. the animal as a fish. Yeah, it does. So uh, there's no indication that it is a whale. But I think we can give you that one. Yes. Well done. Woohoo! Two for two. (laughs) Success. Okay. Shall we do number three? Ponder the mystery of this final one, Michael. Okay, I'm ready to ponder. uh, Brain teaser. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Oi! Well, Kieran, I don't know if uh, if last week's episode is anything to go by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to answer your editorial question from before we started recording, let's we should have done the quiz first. <laughs> so, Kieran, um, I think that's a donkey. Um, yeah. What feeling. kind of donkey? Just any donkey, Michael? Mm. Or I, you know, I read. I once read this book called Numbers, and in chapter twenty-two. <laughs> There was uh, a story about a guy called Balaam who who was on a donkey and the donkey could see the angel of the Lord, but he couldn't. So, you know, so I think it was Balaam's donkey. Your recall of these things is great, Michael. (laughs) Uh, Yes, you're absolutely right. It was Balaam's donkey. (laughs) Ding, ding. Oh, Kieran, I know I love your unlikely worship songs, but I have missed winning quizzes. Uh, well, I know you been, haven't had a chance sad. for a while. Bless you. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just had to watch you win quizzes and had had no no glory myself. So or or take pleasure in my defeat <laughs> when <laughs> when that happens. Well, this week's episode aside, which I absolutely trashed you and you were terrible. Um, <laughs> on average, you've actually been really good this season. Uh, the quizzes you've been doing much better than normal. So, uh, so yeah. Mm. Well, now you have the additional badge of honor of having 100% cleared my Bible <laughs> Creatures quiz. Ooh, maybe I'll get to the end of season two having a 100% record on quizzes from uh, well. you, because we'll only do one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we take an average. That's how it works. So <laughs> nice. you've already won. Woohoo! The top, top, top three, three, three. Well, Kieran, it's time for a top three, nice and quick. You know the drill. How many times are each of these exact words mentioned in the new international version, from least to most? And today is the family tree. Mother, Mm. sister, brother. Mother, sister, brother. Mother, sister, brother. Okay. What do you think? Now remember, let us into that big old brain of yours. Well, the the Bible being quite an old book and Mm. written in a patriarchal culture, Mm -hmm. um, it's brothers got to be top. (laughs) Mm. I'm imagining that there are far more mentions of brother than of sister or mother. 
Yeah, um, that seems like good reasoning. Mm. Sad, but good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like next, not in at number two, is maybe sister. I feel like mm. there are actually maybe more sisters than mothers get mentions in scripture. Because there are right. a lot of stories with a, where there's a sister involved. Um, yeah, I suppose. I can think of fewer off the top of my head where there's a mum who gets mm. specifically mentioned. Sadly, yeah. poor mums. Poor mums, they get the, hard. Uh, don't hard get the kudos there. they deserve. They get the, uh, they get the in, wrong end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, in certain sections of scripture. So uh, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say mums at number three, sisters at number two, brothers at number one. All right, let's see what our sound effects department says. Oh, where did I go lucky wrong? Kieran. Where did I go wrong? You were very perceptive in your brother was the highest uh, in the patriarchal society of the Bible. You are right, 273 mentions of brother. But actually, mm-hmm. mother's not too far behind with 242. Okay. Sister trailing their mums. with 128. So, okay. Yeah. Nearly okay. twice as many mothers mm. as sisters. Um, I guess right. there's quite a lot of mothers in the genealogies and stuff. Um, okay, yeah. Not yeah. as many as fathers, obviously. But uh, mm. yeah, I didn't mm. include father in this because that was like off the charts number of mentions yeah. of father. So. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, totally. But yeah, well done. You 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 got the difficult bit, but you 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 fell at the last hurdle. Uh, well, well, I was so sure I was right this time, but you know. <laughs> What is it they say about pride and falling over? That Uh, thing happened. Can't remember. Well, Michael, today for our Bible fact, we are in the book of Ruth. Ooh. And this fact is not exactly about the content of the book of Ruth as such. It's more about the book of Ruth's cultural impact, if you like, particularly Mm. for the Jewish people. Because a thing that I learned uh, in this last week is about when the book of Ruth is read as part of the Jewish festival calendar. The book Mm -hmm. of Ruth is read during the festival of, let's see if I can say this right, Shavuot, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the holiday celebrating the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. Uh, which falls in the Hebrew month month of Sivan, which usually coincides with May or June in our uh-huh. calendar. Um, so the book of Ruth is read on the second day of Shavuot. Um, I'm getting all this from myjewishlearning.com, by the way. Mm-hmm. So thanks to the people who run that site. Uh, and, and the reason I find this interesting is because um, there's a, a section in this article uh about why the Book of Ruth is read during a festival that celebrates the giving of the Torah, the giving mm. of the law at Mount Sinai. Because um, at first, I, I certainly would have struggled to make that connection, to think why this book about a, a foreign woman uh, following her mother-in-law mm. uh, into Israel and being adopted into the family of Israel uh, would be related to the giving of giving of the law. And according to this article on myjewishlearning.com, the most quoted reason is that Ruth's coming to Israel took place around the time of Shavuot and her acceptance 
into the Jewish faith was analogous to the acceptance of the Jewish people of God's Torah. So they're drawing this analogy between God's people accepting the book of the law and Ruth accepting becoming part of the family of Israel and in a sense accepting that same law mm, and yeah, choosing to sense. live under that same law. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and another another related article that talks about that festival says that um, the Jewish people accepted, argues that the Jewish people accepted the Torah uh, kind of almost in, uh, in awe of God, in fear of God and his power, you mm. know, um, and his demonstration of power at Mount Sinai. Um, Whereas what we see in the book of Ruth is Ruth accepting uh, the book of the law out of love and loyalty to God, mm. this, uh, this article argues. And I, I just love that, uh, that distinction and that, and that way of, of framing it to look at accepting the law of God and living under the law of God as actually something joyful and that Ruth did mm. uh, in, in the book of Ruth as something that was an act of love and, and loyalty. Mm. Um, and it, to me, it kind of speaks to the relationship with God that we have through Christ, that, you know, we are uh, commanded by God to pursue holiness, to aspire and try to be like the Lord in our day-to-day lives. Um, which we do, of course, in, in as the Spirit works in us to make us more like him. But it just made me think about the, these two different ways that you could think about that, how you could think about it on the one hand as, oh, this is a, this is a thing I have to do, or this is a thing I have to do because I fear punishment, you know? Mm. I want to avoid God's wrath, so I'm going to try and be a holy person or whatever, versus I love the Lord and... I would love for him. I want to please him. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, out of the overflow, if you like, of my love for him, I want to lead a life that pleases him. I want mm-hmm. to seek after him, spend time with him for my life to look more like his. Yeah, So oh, that's cool. I just really I thought that that little nugget gives us a lovely picture of of the kind of relationship God wants us to have with him, you know. Um, and it also then put me in mind of that scripture, and, and I'll have to look up the reference, we can add it in post, uh, that says that Jesus, for the joy before him, accepted the cross, you know, mm. um, that Jesus willingly took on uh, the suffering and death that he endured on our behalf Mm. um, for the joy set before him that he willingly entered into that out of love for us and out of love for the father. Mm. Um, And and it made me think about how, if Jesus is willing to do that for us, then how can I not, you know, want to live to please him? And often I don't, you know, and I'm Mm. far from perfect. And I, you know, regularly at the moment, especially in lockdown when maintaining spiritual disciplines is Mm. I found hard a lot of the time. Often my prayer is, Lord, help me to want you more and to need you more and bring me to that place by your spirit, you know. But just that picture of Ruth joyfully accepting, uh, Mm. becoming part of the people of of God and everything that that entailed and being willing to submit to that and accept that. I thought that was a lovely picture of what uh, 
what's beautiful about our relationship with God and where that real joy is in in submitting to God and surrendering mm. to God. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Um, that scripture you were mentioning is Hebrews 12, verse 2, by the way, and um, for those listening at home. And uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting for sure. I think it's also interesting because people still come to God through all those different ways as well. Like people come to God because mm. they fear, like I don't think it's necessarily a successful evangelistic tool to put the fear of God into people about, mm. you know, turn, spending an eternity without him. But it, it certainly works mm. for some people. It's it's what they need to hear. Yeah, And then others, it's interesting to say that the Israelites came adopted the Torah because of the power of God, which is different than from the fear of God. And that's interesting because many people mm. experience God's power through the Holy Spirit or through something incredible happening in their lives. And that's what caused them to come to God. And then, like you say, many people come to God through understand a deeper understanding that God loves him, them or, mm. uh, you know, being told that God loves them or experiencing God's love through the love of Christians around them or people. That's certainly how I came mm. to have a real genuine relationship with, with uh, God was through mm. Uh, Christians around me loving me uh, unconditionally and me going, oh, okay, I get it. This is what this is all about. Um, but I do think it's interesting that uh, it's very interesting to see that juxtaposition between the way that Ruth adopted the law and the way that Israelites adopted the law. But I still think we see that borne out today. You know, people adopting it through understanding God's power, people adopting it through understanding God's love. And people adopting it through through fear of the Lord. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you very much for sharing. No, thanks, bro. And and yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's important when we're sharing the gospel with people that we don't hide the fact that mm. um, that sin has a cost. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and so you know there there is, there is a fear of God that is good and healthy mm. Uh, mm. because God is. Well, God, <laughs> and yeah. awesome and and all powerful and yeah. and very much not like us, mm. and so He is to be feared on one level, mm. um, but He also invites us into intimacy and into relationship, and it's mm. that you know those two things taken together, it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing. Um, but yes, you're right; it's important not to you know downplay one mm. over over the other. Yeah, um, both are both are important. Yeah, definitely. Good, very interesting. Thank you. Good fact. Well, thank you everyone for listening today. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we would love to hear from you. If you want to email us, you can do so. It's hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. You can also find us at Holy Half Hour on, you know, various social media channels. And that's all I have to say, really. Share the show if you're enjoying it, and we'll see you next time. And thank you, Michael, for hosting with me today. Pleasure as always. Thanks, Kieran, and thanks, listeners, for listening. Goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.